I have a, uh, I have a message, but it's not really a message for, for myself. It's more of a work because it's something that God's really started doing with me over the past week. And, and it's funny because I didn't have this message. I had this cool outline about Mary, something God showed me about her that I really wanted to share that was, it's really awesome. But as I got through the week, God just started changing my message completely. And by Friday, I was like, okay, God, this is what you want. I know, I know that this is a word you, you're giving me. And I think it's perfect to lead up through 2019. You know, it is, it is awesome. This is the last Sunday of the year. We're about to start a new year. So I know plenty of people's already talking about the dots are starting. We're talking about all these new things. And it's funny because Jesus, going into my message, Jesus always related to people through their culture at the time. He related to a lot of the, the uh, people back then through farming and different things like this. Jesus related this to me through something I love, food. And I'm sure plenty of people can relate. And uh, it's, it's funny because he, he really did relate this to me through food. And I, and I am a fat guy at heart. I told Miranda, I was like, I got to get a new jacket. This jacket's getting a little snug, but we've all just went through Thanksgiving and Christmas, and I'm sure four helpings of dressing and everything through the, through the holidays. But God's got a good word in this. And, and Ben, if you'll put my first scripture, I'm going I'm to preach about a story that we all know. It's a, it's a very simple story, but there's something really awesome in the background of this, and this is where Jesus feeds the 5,000. And it's 5,000 men. It doesn't, there's probably more than that because the women and children weren't counted back then. But this is Matthew 14. Uh, it's going to be 15 through 21. It says, When it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, This is a lonely place and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to the villages. That way they can go buy themselves food. I told you this is about food. <laughs> and he says, But Jesus said unto them, They don't need to depart. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, We only have five fish I meant five loaves here and two fish. And Jesus said, bring them to me. And he commanded the crowds to sit down on the grass. And he took the five loaves and the two fish. And looking up to heaven, he blessed them and broke and gave the loaves to his disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they ate them and were filled. And he took up 12, loaves, or 12 baskets full of fragments that remained. And, and those who had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children. So... I want to speak to you about this right here because this is a, I don't know, when God showed me this, this was really awesome. He, he fed all these people. This was, this was early in his ministry and you had all these people that were hungry. Now, we, whenever we get hungry after service, we're good Pentecostal people. We're going, okay, where are we going to eat? We're going to sit around for about an hour talking about it and then we're going to go eat. And that's exactly what Peter had and, and the other disciples had on their mind. They said, hey, we've been ministering and I don't know about you guys, I'm already tired as it is after preaching, I'm going to be exhausted. I know myself. If you've ever preached, you know, when you get done preaching, you are just like shell-shocked. You're like, oh, okay, what's going on? I'm tired, exhausted. And I'm sure Peter was this way and all the disciples. I'm sure they were just like, okay, what's going on? Let's get these people out. Let's go home. Let's go eat ourselves. Jesus had been healing tons of people in this. They said that everybody brought their sick and they were healed. And, and that, that's my heart right now. We have, we have a lot of people that are sick. We have cancer, people who are fighting cancer. Uh, Mama brought up about Sean's baby, born, I think, 26 or 27 weeks old or, or long. Er, early birth, the, the baby's doing well. But we've got a lot of needs in the church. Brian Brasher, we, we got to call it in prayer to him, for him, because he needs a touch of God. You know, it, it, it's, it's, I can't imagine how it is on Karen. And Karen needs a piece of God in her mind, too, because I know it's tough on her. You know, I've, I've seen what it's like to deal with some, a family member, someone close to you, stricken with cancer and go through it. It's not easy. It's not easy six months later, right now. I can tell you that. It's, it's something very hard. 
we got to keep them in prayer. And, and to go along with that, some backstory here. Sorry, I got a little ahead of myself, but some backstory. Right here in this time, John the Baptist, he came on the scene. He, he paved the way for Christ to come and to preach to the gospel. Well, John the Baptist, he just got killed. He got beheaded, politics, all this trash. He, there's persecution in the church. And, and ho- thankfully, we're not there, but we could be there. We could get to the point where spiritual leaders are being beheaded because of the gospel. John, he got beheaded because he spoke out against sin. And, and the church isn't there nowadays as much where they're speaking out against sin. But it might get to the point where we're back there. We got to be ready for that. And John's disciples, they just lost their leader. And, and that says right, right before this story, it says John's disciples, when they, when they heard about this, they went and found Jesus. We got to remember, when we, when we lose someone close, when something happens, we got to go find the Lord. Right. He's the only one that can heal us and, take, and get us through things. And in this case, they, they went and they sought him. And in the middle of this, Jesus is healing many that are sick. And so at the end of the day, like I said, this is food to me. I'm, I'm thinking, okay, yeah, I'm hungry. Let's go eat. I know we're going to be hungry by the end of the sermon. But, but Jesus, Jesus said, hey, don't send them away. He knew these people were hurting. Mount Olive is full of hurting people. I've, work, I've worked in this, this town for about five years, and the people that came in hurting constantly, the, the, and, and at a bank, people love to sit there and talk to you. The people that are hurting this community, there's tons of them. There's tons of opportunities for me to share the gospel and, and just even, even sometimes just being there for them. Sometimes they don't need a sermon. Sometimes people don't need you to preach a whole sermon or share scriptures sometimes. It's great to share scriptures. Let me say that. But if you're hurting, like, like I said, Karen and Brian, they, they might not need a sermon. They might need just you to be there. They might need to know that you have, they have support from their family here at the church. Amen. It can be a text. It can be a phone call. Just checking on them because it's not hard. It could be sending them dinner. Nowadays, it's easy. You can pull up your phone, go to an app, send them food from wherever. They'll deliver it. You don't even have to go get the food and take it to them. We have means now that is, is really awesome. But maybe it's just sending them a dinner one night. Let them eat something other than hospital food. You know, it, it, it can be all these little different things. But we've got to reach out. If we don't, we're, gonna, we're not going to grow. We're going to be here. And the only way we're going to grow is the way we are right now is popping out kids left and right. I know Adam's got plenty of job security over the next five years because all the kids are being bored. But, but it's, it's awesome. It is. But we've got to reach out. You know, I've seen new families come into the church over the past few weeks. That's awesome. But what do we have to give them? That's what I want to ask. Because Jesus said that to his disciples in a different account in Mark. And I'm not going to go there. But he said, hey, what do we have to feed them? And that's where they said, hey, we have two, two, uh, two loaves and five fish or vice versa, whichever one it is. He asked his disciples, what do you have to give? So I want to ask that. Church, what do we have to give to people when they're hurting? Are we going to be like the five virgins, the, the, or the ten unwise virgins, the five that said, hey, we don't have oil. What do we need to do? Go buy it? That's what the disciples said. What do we need to do? Go buy all this, all this food to feed thousands and thousands of people? Are we going to wait till it's too late? This is what Jesus or, or the Lord's been dealing with me over the weekend. Am I going to just wait until there's a need? to try to go buy and find for this need. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to get too rough, but this is the, I'm just sharing with you what God's doing with me. What I'm praying that God does a work in me, not just a message. I, I, I told God on the way here when I was driving in, I don't want to just have, have this as a sermon. Preach it and be done. If so, what's the point? We've got to let God work in us. We've got to let God deal with us to where 
he's, he's doing something in our lives, and we live with purpose. The, the disciples, they, they had purpose in this. They were able to, to minister to people and bring people to Jesus, but at the end of the day, what did they have to give them? Because they had a physical need. They were hungry. Even, even in services, when we have a good service and, and we, we dance and pray and people fall out and all this good stuff happens, afterwards, I, I don't know of anybody, unless you're fasting and, and God's working with you, I don't know of anybody that's like, oh, let me just go home and go to bed. First thing we're saying is we want food. Where, where's the drive-thru we're going to? Where, what's something we have at home to warm up? And these people were all hungry. Jesus knew these people were hurting. Like I said, they just lost their spiritual leader. It would be like something happened to Papa. And I know he just said that about, it might be the last time he sees the Pulse. That's not true. He'll, he'll be here. He'll be here when they get back. But, but you know, what if something happened to him? We wouldn't go by and be like, oh, that's terrible. That's sad. It would devastate us. And I mean, I can remember losing several people in this church that it, it wasn't just a loss. It, it hurt. And these people, these followers of John, they were hurting. And Jesus knew, he said, we all say this, time heals all things. Well, time with Jesus is what really heals all things. Spending time with the Lord. So like I say, I'm going to get back to that question. What do we have to give them? Because that's, that's really the point God dealt with me. What do I have to give people? And, and, and it was so cool when God answered this question. He, he said, this fruit of the Spirit is the, the number one thing. And if you'll put up, uh, I'm going to read it too because I can't I couldn't recall them all by, my, by memory for some reason. Maybe it's nerves or whatever, but Ben, if you'll put the scriptures up in Galatians, it's 5, 22 through 23. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, self-control against such as no law. Now, I like that list until you get to about patience. You know, I, when I was reading this, I was like, God, I don't want to ask you for patience. Because that means I'm going to be tested. And, and this is fruit. Fruit's really cool when, like I say, the way he was talking to these people, they understood fruit. They didn't understand candy and all these other things that are sweet, ice cream. They understood fruit. And, and fruit is something that you have to grow. You can't just, for us, we just go to Walmart, buy it, take it to the cash register, pay some money. They didn't have that option. They couldn't just go get it. That's the way the fruit of the Spirit is. We can't just go grab it. It's not an instant thing. It's not something that's just all of a sudden in our lives because we, we follow the Lord. Some things are instant. We should have love in our hearts. But a lot of these things has to be grown, has to be cared for. And trust me, patience is one and self-control even. When you're in traffic on 65 heading to work in Birmingham, I know that's one thing Polk probably misses every day driving to work. <laughs> but, but every day driving to work, are you going to have patience with people that don't know how to drive? that are out right in front of you, are you going to have self-control and not get upset? This is, this is what God's been testing me with this week. I, I was like, oh, this will be an easy, breezy week getting to work because it's, it's the holidays, people are taking off. And then Thursday, I think I hit traffic and I was like, really? Friday, I hit traffic and I was like, people are supposed to be taking off. Are people just saving their vacation time? And what are people doing with their lives? But, but seriously, I, this is a huge test and this is true. Are you going to rage at the person that cuts you off in traffic? I mean, this, this is simple living, but when, you, when it rubber meets the road, it's a little bit harder. You know, at love, peace. Are you going to bring peace to the situation at work? When someone's telling you to, or asking you to do something, it's their job to do it, and they're wanting you to do it. Are you going to try to be peaceful with them? Are you going to try to show love? That's, I mean, I, I'm just being real with you guys. That's what I have to work with. That's why I told God I need your fruit in my life. I need that growing in my life. That way I can share it with others. 
Because something I've realized that it's very easy to do with the fruit of the Spirit. Fruit's meant to be eaten. If, if you have fruit in your life, are you going to eat it yourself? Now, I could, probably, I could probably use some fruit in my life. Not so much McDonald's and other fast food restaurants. Some fruit would probably be pretty good to, to help make, maybe make this jacket a little bit looser. But, but am I going to take it, the spiritual fruit in my life, the love, the peace, the joy, am I going to do it that way it's for me or is it going to be for others? Because we, I think we hear about fruit a lot. I think we have teaching on it. And I know I've heard some great teaching throughout the years. But is it for us or is it for others? Am I going to use it for myself to be a loving, peaceful guy that tries to make life easy and smooth? Or am I going to do it to where I bring peace into a situation that someone's going through? Because a lot of people are seeking that. A lot of people don't have peace. I can remember as a young, young kid coming through the youth group. When I came here, this was my peace. This was my shelter. This was a place where I could just put all, all the things young teenagers go through. I could get away from all that when I came here. And this is my place to just be with the Lord. And all my cares would just go away while I was here. Now, we're called to be the church of God. God says, the, we are the body. We are the church. Are we being that shelter for others? Are we being that peace in people's lives when they come with problems? Because I don't, I don't know of anybody that doesn't have a problem in their life. We have a church staff uh, at the church that, uh, for the youth group. And I was like, there's probably 20 of us at one time. And I was like, there's two people I knew that didn't have a divorce out of 20 in their family. And we all found the same thing. We found peace in God here. We found that God was our peace and our stability. And, and that's, that's what we got to do. We got to share the love of God with others. And this, this is a simple sermon once you kind of hear it. But maybe it's just me, but I've been kind of going through life and I, I've been asking God to do things in my life that I'm not sharing like I should. And, and maybe you don't think about these, these things. All these things are meant to be shared. It's meant to give to others, not yourself. And so when God kind of started dealing with me at this, I started asking him, I said, hey, one, one thing, how do I get this fruit in my life? Go read the chapter about the fruit of the Spirit. He talks about the works of the flesh. He goes through all these different things. He never says, do this to get the fruit, which... Which, I, I don't know, I always, I always like to ask simple questions to see, find out, what's the answer? That sh sounds simple. How do you get it? And this is where God kind of just brought it all around. And actually, I'm getting ahead of myself. There, there's one other thing. What happens when we don't have fruit? Cause I, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm moving ahead, but, but I'm going to pull it back here. What happens when we don't have it? Because that was my next question. What happens if I'm, my tree's looking a little shallow and there's not much on there? This is, this is what was rough with me. This is what God kind of took me to the woodshed about. And I'm not going to get Ben to pull it up, but Mark 11, he, Jesus is hungry. And I thought about this. A lot of kids nowadays don't know what it's like, but when you're in the woods playing all day and you're, you're just a teenager, you're having fun with your friends. And at the end of the day, when you're tired and you're like, gosh, I'm so hungry. And you're just famished. You've been running around. There's no telling how far you've walked, what trees you've climbed. And you're just hungry. You're thirsty. And I don't care what it is at that point. You can walk in the house and butter, butter beans, spinach, turnip greens, anything that's on the table is good at that point. You're hungry. And Jesus walks up to this tree and, and it says that he was, he was hungry, he was famished, and he, he wanted something to eat. And he says it was a fig tree he walked up to. It had leaves, it looked great. It looked the part. It looked like it should have great fruit. It was that time of season where the fruit should be there. And he walked up to it and there was none there. No fruit was budding, nothing was happening with it, but it had all its leaves. And it's funny because it says that he cursed that tree. 
And the disciples, they saw it, nothing happened. They're like, okay, let's keep moving. They go to the city, spend a couple of days there. When they come back, they said, oh my gosh, that tree's withered away. That tree's died. And, they, and all because it didn't bear fruit. That's, that's what kind of really got this message working to me. What happens when we don't have fruit? Jesus cursed a tree. Why did he do that? To be an example. He wanted to show those disciples. You can look the part, but if you don't have any fruit, you're dead. You're not, you're not reaching out. You're not doing any good for anybody around you. If I don't have these fruit in my life, if I don't have the fruit of the Spirit, and I'm just going through life, it's like a dead man walking. You're not going to impact anybody. You're not going to have anything to give. Because Jesus said it's blessed to give rather than receive. We've got to be ready to give our lives for these people. These people need us. And, and there's th- this whole community needs people to say, hey, I know what it's like. I know what it's like to have pain. And I know what it's like to find Jesus and the healing comfort of him. But, but that, when I read that, I was like, oh, God, help me. Help me get these fruit in my life. I want to I be bubbling with love. I want, I want all these things. I want self-control. I don't want to be known as, and I, and I don't rage too much, but occasionally when you're driving through 65 and 280, you, you get frustrated. But, but I want to have these things. I want to have patience. I don't want to go through the testing of it, but I want to have patience. I want to have self-control. And so even, even, even on my way up here, I said, God, grow that fruit in my life. I want it to be evident. And I don't want to be this tree that looks the part that you can say, oh, that looks like a nice fig tree. That looks like a nice Christian. He looks good. He's well-dressed. He doesn't get in trouble. He doesn't drink. He doesn't do drugs. He doesn't cuss. All these things that we think are bad, but he doesn't really do anything. Because that's easy to get complacent. I'm, I'm speaking for myself. It's easy for me to just go through life on cruise control, have a good family, have a good church friends, have, have a good life. That, that's, the, I think, the attack of the devil nowadays. I think he's way more sneaky than we've ever seen him. He's not going through all these, all these family issues, and he still is. But I don't think he's doing all these huge things like he, we've seen him do in the past. I think he's just subtle. I think he's learned it's way easier to rock someone to sleep than to drive them away through, through all these different issues. For me, the devil can... He, it's way easier for him to rock me to sleep than to attack me through other means. And, and it's so much harder to wake up out of it. You know, it's funny, uh, everybody here jokes around about my baby EJ, that she sleeps all the time. Every time you see her, she's asleep, if she is. But, and sometimes with her, when she's out, it's hard to wake her up. Uh, when, when Andrea and Anna got here last Sunday, uh, I went and got her from the nursery, and she was sound asleep. And I brought her in here, I tried to wake her up, and she just kept on, just rolling her head side to side. And unfortunately, she's got the big head like me, but... <laughs> But she just kept on moving her head back and forth, back and forth. And as cute as she was, she wouldn't wake up. I don't want us to be that way where it takes God over and over and over to wake us up. Because it, sometimes it, when you're in a deep sleep, when you're rocked real smooth to sleep, you look the part, but you're not doing anything for anybody. So, so like I said, and I started to get to this point, and we'll move on. We're, I'm about to wrap it up. But now, how do we get the fruit? And, that, and that, that was my last question for, for the sermon and for this, what I'm asking God to do in my life. How do we have fruit? Besides fruit of the Spirit, you know, fruit, fruit's a word that is like your reward for your labor. It's a good way to put it. How do we get fruit in our lives besides the Spirit? How do we have God reward us for what we're doing? And not in a way that it's for us, but it's for other people. You know, if I, I go witness to someone and they get saved, 
that's awesome. It's a blessing for me. But think about what it is for that person. It's way more impactful for that person's life than mine. Now, the cool thing about that is that catches fire. That spreads easy. But that's what we got to get. We got to get about the father's business. Jesus, when he, was, when he was a young kid and he was in the temple, he was about his father's business. No, no matter how old you are, we're all still young in the Lord. We've got greater places to grow to. There's glory to glory, the, the Bible says we go to. We've got some room to grow. I don't, I, like I say, it doesn't matter who you are. We, we've got new experiences of God to get to. But if we're complacent, if we, start, we stop pushing, we're not going to get anywhere. We're going to be sitting here, same people, same time next week. Uh, it's it's going to be the same in everything. And I, and I want to see new people. I want to see people get saved. And, and I can remember the, the last, last, who was it? I think, I think it was Christian Harris when he first got saved. And now he's ministering up north. Uh, and I can't remember which state. It's one that, like around New York. Vermont, that's it. I was like, that's not Delaware. It's one of those states up there. But uh, Vermont, he's up there doing great things for God. But when he got saved, it was so awesome to see it. He was talking to everybody about it. He was talking to anybody. If you gave him a chance, he wanted to tell you about what God did for his life. And, and I mean, his testimony, he's got a really cool testimony. God delivered him from a lot of things. A lot, a lot of just depression and all these different things in his life, God delivered him from. And he wanted to tell everyone. And it was exciting. It made me excited. Just because he found Christ. Did I have anything to do with that? No, but it was so awesome, the energy that he brought. And I think we're missing that. I think we're missing the fact that we haven't, and I know Jonathan's preached on it several times about not using the baptistry. I think if we had someone get saved and and we got the chance to baptize them, all these things, I think it'd bring life to us. They received life. They brought it in here. It would spread like fire. It would be awesome in our lives. But we have to have fruit to give them. Like I said, what are we going to do? Are we going to send, send people away like the disciples wanted to? They were tired. They were ready to rest themselves. And I think we're all tired. I know most of us work an eight-to-five job. We have families. A lot of us have kids or having kids. That's a lot to wear you down. At the end of the day, this morning, if you saw me, I was probably a zombie. EJ decided to wake up three times in the middle of the night, and I was tired. <laughs> but, but, I mean, that's part of life. I can't just let her stay in there by herself. She's a baby. <laughs> We all have responsibilities. We're tired. But are we just going to turn people away? Are, are we just going to say, well, you can go buy food. We'll even tell you where to go. What's the best place in town? Or are we going to say, hey, I've got something for you. So how do we get it? Ben, put up John 15. And this is my last scripture. And this is going to be John 15, 3 through 8. And it says, now you are clean through the word which I've spoken unto you. Abide in me as I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except for it be abide of the vine, ugh, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, I am him. The same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If a man abides not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and withered, and men gather them and cast them into a fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, whatever you shall ask, it shall be done unto you. Here, and here in this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and you shall be my disciples. So there's a lot in here and this is really awesome. It kind of ties everything together. First he says, you're clean by the word that you've heard. And then he says, if, you're, if my word abides in you, then you're my disciples. We've got to get in the word. This, this is the first thing God said You've got to abide more. 
we just got through the holidays, crazy times. Like I said, we were at families, get-togethers, eating food, spending good time. Well, the first year, everything tapers off. Everything kind of smooths out. What are we going to do? Are we going to sit in front of the TV? That was my question. Am I just going to sit there? Or am I going to get in my word? Am I going to pray more? We can all give t- more time to God. Or are we going to be like the disciples? And I'm tired. I'm, re- I'm just going to go lay down. I'm tired. I'm going to just sit here and relax. I'm, I'm just going to send people away. That's, that's the other option. And he says abide. And that's a word we don't use a lot. We don't say abide here. But all that means is to stay with him. Jesus knew these people needed to be with Christ. They just needed to be around him. They needed to see the miracles he was doing because they were discouraged. They were hurting. Sometimes we need to just abide in Christ, be with him, and then be around other people to share God's love. I mean, he gives so much right here. And he even reaffirms what I said earlier about the tree. If If you're not a part of the vine... If you've kind of dislocated yourself from Jesus, you're not bearing fruit. But what do men do? They gather you up and throw you into fire. Now, I'm going to let that be y'all's interpretation of what that means. But to me, that means, hey, you're getting away from God. Fire always represents hell a lot of times. It's a dangerous place when you dis- dislocate yourself from God. When you're not attached to Jesus like you used to be. When you're not hearing from him and he's not speaking to you. If you abide with someone, if, if, even if me and Miranda, if we go on a date... And we just sit there. It's kind of weird. It's awkward. Even for the servers at a restaurant, it'd be like, okay, they're just sitting there staring at each other or sitting there on their phones. They could be doing this at home. Takeout's way easier. You know, it's weird. Jesus isn't just going to be sitting there staring at you. I don't know if we think he's this mystical person up in the, up in the clouds and he's just looking down on us. No, he wants to share his word with you. He wants to show you things. Sometimes we don't want to, or let me just say for me, sometimes I I don't want to be around him and I don't want to talk to him as much because I know he's going to say, hey, you need patience in your life. You're impatient. I need you to be more like me. I need you to walk like me. I need you to just just be with me where you'll be more patient with people. You won't jump to conclusions. You won't just make things a lot worse. You'll be peaceful. Sometimes we just need to say, okay, God, even if you want to correct me, you're the Lord. I'm your son. You can correct me. I'm, I'm going to just spend time with you. And, and, and you'll be amazed. A lot of times I think that God's sitting there with the paddle, waiting to, to, to point out what I've messed up. And every time I spend time with him, even getting the sermon together when I said, okay, God, I know I need these things in my life. His love was right, right there waiting for me when I, when I first went to him and said, God, I need you to show me this. He showed me his love way before he showed me my problems. He showed me love way before he got deep into this. And now he's working on correcting. He's not that, that, that dad with the baseball bat waiting, to, waiting for you to mess up. He loves you. And that's the same way, like I said, with these people. There's thousands and thousands of people. There's thousands and thousands of people in this area that are hurting. And he knew that they needed to be close to him. They're not gonna, people aren't just going to magically, most, most people aren't going to magically show up in here. I know Minty drove by and saw a bunch of us out in the parking lot just talk, sitting around talking and thought, oh, hey, there's a bunch of young people. I need to get my kids in there and, and fell in love with the church. That doesn't always happen. You know, I'm so glad God brought Minty along, but God doesn't always work that way. Most of the time, he needs us to be his mouth. We, we are the body. We are his body. We are his hands that reach out. If not, then, like I said, this is what God showed me. I'm, I'm dead if I'm not reaching out with fruit, if I'm not sharing what God's done in my life. 
if I'm not abiding with him to have fruit to share, then, then I'm not doing anything. I'm dead. I might as well be asleep, which the Bible compares to as being dead. So I know, I know this was a little bit of a short, short sermon, but I think this is something that we need to work on. And I, and I don't think this is something that you're going to come down the altar tonight. God's going to move. You're going to be shaken. You're going to fall out in the spirit. It might. You never know. But that's not, it's not going to be this magical work that's just going to happen just like that. And God's going to do in you. And, and I don't think that's what, I think that's what we want a lot of times. But I think God wants to work in our lives. I think God wants to take us and mold us. You know, like, if, like the potter creating the clay, he does it just and done. It takes time. It takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of care. It's not something that you can rush. If you rush it, it's going to look sloppy. And, and God doesn't do anything sloppy. The only thing sloppy he does is he takes somebody sloppy like me and, and makes something awesome out of it. And same for you. You know, that's the only thing God does is he works with sloppy people. And I'm not talking about messy necessarily, but, you know, a lot of times we have mess in our lives that God wants to clean up. Right. If we're not with him to, for him to tell us, how are we going to know? So if, if you'll stand, if the band will come up. I want to do the altar call like this. Maybe you're like me and you had to say, hey, I haven't spent time with you like I should. It's been busy time. The holidays, Christmas. You know, Christmas, it seemed like I needed a break after Christmas from my Christmas. So I know a lot of times we're busy. Maybe you're like me and you just say, hey, God, I haven't spent the time I needed to with you. I haven't had it. God understands. But maybe, maybe you just need to spend a little time with him. Maybe you need to just say, hey, God, I need you to abide back in my life and stay with me even on my way to work when I'm, when I'm driving in, when I'm at at class, I'm at school, if I'm wherever I'm at, I just need you to stay with me and speak to me. Even in, the, in small moments when I have just a few minutes, talk to me. I want to hear your voice. I want to hear you say, you know, I love you and I need you to share this love with this person. Because that's what it's about. It's not about us. The fruit isn't for us to get spiritually fat. It's for us to share it with others. It's about us sharing love, peace, joy. All these things need to be shared.